Welcome to the Business of Psychology podcast, the show that helps you to reach more people, help more people, and build the life you want to live by doing more than therapy. Hello and welcome to this week's Books That Make You Think. Um, I'm still talking about Johan Hari's Stolen Focus. This is actually our last weekly session thinking about Johan Hari's Stolen Focus. And this week I'm particularly thinking about the chapter that he wrote on the crippling of our flow states. Now, flow state is something that I became aware of in my undergraduate study, and I've actually thought about a lot for myself because I find that my ability to hyper-focus on a task and pay exclusive attention to that one thing that I'm doing is probably my superpower in running my business. And I talked a bit about that on uh, the podcast episode about my brain and entrepreneurship. Um, But what was really interesting in Johan Hari's book is he talks about the fact that in our lives today, we have much less opportunity to experience pure flow state. And that's because in order to achieve that feeling of of flow, where you're 100% focused on that one thing um, and time kind of evaporates around you, um, you don't notice the passage of time because you're so focused, uh, you need to be monotasking. And that's not something that we're allowed to do very often in our society at the moment. So it's really interesting from both a clinical and a business perspective, I think, because there's a lot of evidence that if you don't experience enough flow state in your life, you never feel like you master anything. You never get that feeling of achievement and pride in something that you have completed. And we know from models like CBT and ACT and most clinical models, uh, particularly for working with depression, people who are struggling with low mood, they all involve helping people to experience more mastery in their life or to do more of the things that matter to them. And actually, if they've not got opportunity for flow states, then they're unlikely to be able to do that or to get much satisfaction out of it when they do attempt to do that. So I think that's really important from a clinical perspective. But there's also this kind of productivity Um, element to it as well. If you're not allowing yourself to experience flow state, how are you going to do your best work? And how are you going to get the reward that you need in order to feel motivated to continue uh, to work on a big project like a book or even a blog campaign, for example, if you're not allowing yourself long periods of time to immerse in that project? And I find this really interesting because when I talk to my coaching clients who are psychologists and therapists trying to build their businesses, often when they're feeling a bit negative and we look at what they've done over the last week, they've done lots of little tasks on little bitty projects and they've not allowed themselves any time to really dive into a project that interests them and and excites them. And I think we all recognise that feeling of feeling fragmented and stretched thin and like we're not really doing any deep work. So I thought it'd be helpful for us to think about what we need in order to achieve flow state. So we can think about how to get more of that into our lives and the lives of our clients too. 
Um, so, Johan Hari uses, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong, but I've read it as <laughs> Milhali's um, definition of flow state. And his definition says that for three, um, you need three things to be in place in order to achieve flow state. And that is firstly, that you need to be monotasking. You can't achieve flow state if you're trying to do more than two things at once only one thing at a time. You have to be doing something that is meaningful to you. So it has to connect with some of your core values, things that you want more of in your life. And it has to be at the edge of your abilities, but not beyond them. So it gives the example of a climbing wall that, you know, you or I wouldn't be able to achieve a flow state if we were, you know, faced with Kilimanjaro, but we might be able to if we're faced with a slightly challenging climbing wall. So it's in a different place for everybody, but it has to kind of be at the edge of your abilities. So you have to create those three conditions in order to be able to achieve a flow state. And I just wondered if we could ask ourselves how often we do that when we're running our businesses. If you want to be the best psychologist or therapist that you can be in your business, if you want to achieve a, a big goal like creating an online course or writing a book, then realistically, you need to be carving out time for flow state. And that means um, making sure that you're monotasking. I think that that is the bit that's difficult for most of us. I think carving out time where I am not distracted, where I don't have Gmail sending me notifications, I don't have WhatsApp, I don't have uh, a child <laughs> or two or three <laughs> um, demanding my attention. That's the challenging bit for me. And actually to make that happen, I will need to put it in my diary that this is a significant block of time. I'm not gonna allow any distractions. I'm only gonna work on this one project. And for me at the moment, I'm creating the final couple of lessons for the roadmap for a successful online course, um, which it's live at the moment, um, but the final module will drop um, in a few weeks time. So I am putting the finishing touches to some of those lessons. And actually, I reckon I'd be much more productive if I used these principles and gave myself a couple of hours um, each week where I am just working on that one task. It's very meaningful to me. It's something that speaks to my values. Um, and it is at the edge of my abilities because because <laughs> I know I can teach an online course. I've done it before, but this is a new subject for me and it's really exciting, but also a little bit scary. So I think I can easily fulfill those three criteria if I put in my diary, I shall not be disturbed. <laughs> for these kind of two hour blocks. So that's what I'm going to do personally. But I'm also thinking about, you know, our clinical clients probably need a bit of guidance on how to make this happen for them. This is probably something that we could support people with in our clinical work. Because how often have you sat down and done, you know, if you're working in the CBT framework, something like behavioural activation, um, or if you're working in ACT, we do monitoring of meaningful activities. And people seem to really struggle to actually make it happen. I think for me, thinking, OK, we need these three criteria to be in place before you can get the most out of these activities, at least a few times in your week. I think that's something I'm going to add in to the way that I teach about doing what matters to you. Uh, I think I'm going to add in opportunity to uh, experience flow state 
in my coaching work and in my therapy work with clinical clients too. Because I think if we don't have it, we our mental health is likely to, to suffer. There's plenty of evidence that if you never feel like you're mastering anything, your mood is going to tank. Um, but also, I think on the coaching and, and business side of things, it's pretty impossible to run a business that's close to your values if you're not having this experience of flow. Um, so those are two big takeaways for me. And I hope that it's helpful for you as well to kind of ponder on your experience of flow state and whether you feel like you uh, have enough of it in your life or if not, and I suspect most of us don't have enough of it, how you might want to get a bit more. So that concludes our series thinking about Johan Hari's um, Stolen Focus. Next week, I will be bringing a new book to the books that make you think slot. But I'd love to know what you think on all of these topics. My intention with these sessions is to open up a conversation and to think deeply for a change about some of these big issues um, that Johan Hari has brought up and that other authors are bringing up in their work. Because so often we get a soundbite on social media, maybe a quote or something similar, and we never really get to investigate these topics and the implications they have for us, our clients and our businesses and our marketing in, in much depth. But really, um, there's so much that we can that we can learn from applying this stuff in multiple different ways. So I hope that this has been interesting for you. Please do let me know your thoughts. Leave me a comment um, and just join in the conversation. I think it's a really fascinating topic. And I could talk about Johan Hari's book for the rest of my days, probably. <laughs> um, but I'm limiting myself to just a month on each book. So we will have a new book next week. Um, yeah, so I'd love to hear from you. I'm at Rosie Gilderthorpe. If you're on Instagram, give me a follow and a comment. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, then please do come and talk to me over on Instagram. I'd really love to hear what you're thinking. All right, take care, everybody. Are you looking to build an independent practice that is fulfilling, impactful, and financially rewarding? Did you know that I run a business course that's designed to help you do exactly that without making all the mistakes I made along the way? Over 12 weeks, we take you through everything you need to know to set up a practice that lets you live your values. Through a combination of teaching from experts, legal templates to make sure your practice is covered, peer support and group coaching sessions, this is the place for anyone looking to get off the starting blocks in private practice. The course is always accessible in pre-recorded format and three times a year we run a live cohort. So what are you waiting for? Join us at psychologybusinessschool.com forward slash the psychology business school. The link's in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Business of Psychology podcast. If you share my passion for doing more than therapy, then make sure you come over and join my free Do More Than Therapy Facebook community, where you can work on getting your big ideas off the ground with like-minded psychologists and therapists. I'd also love it if you could leave this show a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. It will help more of the people who need it to find it. See you next week for more tips and inspirational stories to help you do more than therapy. Do more than therapy.